Thank you. Thank you very much. It sounds like opening um, some kind of a Nasdaq exchange or also when I was in Germany, some cows, they have all these bells on their necks and when they walk, it rings so that the owner knows where the cow gone. Huh. Well, I know that in um, schools a long time ago, uh, when I was growing up, I went to this Catholic school once and it was run by nuns. Um, and when you arrived, you sat down and then the teacher, the nun rang the bell. And then if by chance, the lesson would begin. And then also, uh, if by chance the principal was walking around the halls and she came to the door, then the teacher would ring the bell and we know that means stand. So uh -huh. she never had to say, please stand up. The principal is visiting our class. She just glances and sees the principal standing in the doorway and mm -hmm. rings the bell and boom, we're standing. Uh, yeah, bell, bell, bell can serve lots of functions. Uh, for instance, the judge, I think, or I don't know, uh, I don't, I think it was a judge when he calls for order, he rings the bell and uh, hit the hammer or whatever it is he had, like wooden one. Hmm. Yeah, I'm available well, for anything. Anyway, you asked me how am I today. I, uh, I, I'm available for anything. I guess that's how we're going to call our next episode, this one. Yes, and and also I, I would like to say that you're available for anything. Is sounds a little salacious, but that's okay. We're in therapy. Um, yeah, it's, it's like yeah, it's like how can I help you except for things I cannot help you with, right? Because the good therapist, especially good-looking woman, if there is a male patient, and uh, she asks him how how can I help you. And uh, like you, yeah, like you say it may sound salacious. I don't know the meaning of this word. It's new to me, but I guess uh, it sounds. Um, uh, it means something like um, mm, <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to say filthy, but uh, there is a negative connotation to it. Okay. Well, so anyway, when, when she asked, when she asked, how can I help you? Except the things I cannot help you with. That kind of disappointing. Okay, well, I mean, you thought filthy, but actually it means slightly sexy. So I think it's the same. Well, you know, um, in therapy, that is called the cross-transference. So quite often in Freudian psychology, uh, if it's a woman that has a man as the therapist, in Freudian times, she would lay on the couch and he would sit behind her in a chair taking notes and... Uh, uh, smoking his pipe but anyhow a pipe is just a pipe well i'd like to also say about the bell that there is the concept of the bell hop so uh in very fancy big hotels in europe and ski resorts and whatnot uh there's a concierge that sits at a desk and when the um, visitors come and they have their luggage or they need something uh, he'll just tap a bell and some little, you know, minor servant will run over and see what, what does he want. So, you know, the, the concierge does not have to say, okay, Charlie, come over here. He just taps the bell once, ding, and the next guy just runs over and 
maybe they need a ride into town or maybe they need a cab called or maybe they need to know what what cathedral to visit so a, a bellhop in a fancy hotel rings a bell and then also we have a bellhop is a girl in a little short dress who is wearing roller skates and kind of sexy stockings and a little apron and if you go to a drive-in uh, hamburger place uh, you, you pull your car in and press a bell on the order you know you're going to order and then the people in the the restaurant know that you know in in aisle number 10 some guy is there who needs something and so the they send a girl in a short skirt with stockings and roller skates and she just like rolls up to his window and says, how may I help you? Hmm. Except for the things I cannot help you with. Well, on our cover shot, I would like to mention that you will see the word anything written across the screen. And there is a tea glass that is a very old uh, possession of mine. Um, I grew up all around the world, and sometimes my father was stationed where the family could be, like in Frankfurt, or maybe we were up in New York, or maybe we were in Virginia, or maybe we were somewhere. But sometimes he was stationed abroad, and one one year we stayed in San Antonio, my mother and the children, and um, he was stationed up on the Black Sea coast, a, a, a town called, uh, well, well, in English you'd say Trabzon, but but we would sometimes call it, you know, Trabzoid. What would you call Trabzon? I like the name Trabzon. I think sounds great. Trabzoid. What language is that? No. Not trapezoid, but um, <laughs> trapezoid. Trapezoid. Like it's like Turkish. Okay. Well, anyhow, so like the tea Trabzon glass is the tea glass is also sitting on these uh, tables that I spoke about in an earlier episode that my father rode into the Khyber Pass between Afghanistan and Pakistan, and he rode out. Uh, with on his, on his horse, because we have an episode called uh, Horses. And he brought these tables tied to the side of his horse out of the uh, Khyber Pass. And uh, I, I always loved them as I was growing up. I would come home from college. You know, I would, I would love sitting in the front room where these little tables were. And my father would read the newspaper and, you know, uh, drink coffee in the morning. So I was always very fond of these tables. And then, um, you know, when my uh, mother and father passed away and we went through the house, uh, you know, pilfering through who wants this and who wants that. There was a lot of German clocks. We all got a clock and there was, a, you know, there's, you know, wine decanters and this, you know, all stuff from all over the world. But I remember you know, deciding I wasn't even going to ask, did anybody want this? I just put them directly in my car. And now I have them with me here in Dallas. So the tea glass uh, came from Trabzon. And I believe that the design, to me, it's etched. And it's also in a, a kind of a special glass. It's called cranberry 
glass. Yeah. And actually, in, in antique stores, this this type of glass is quite expensive for collectors. But I think that the design reminds me of a little bit of the top of a pineapple. And a pineapple is the international symbol of hospitality. So sometimes you'll go to different ski resorts or, you know, vacation places and they'll have like a, a pineapple carved out of wood or carved out of marble or something. So, you know, if we're going to talk about anything, I, I would be talking about the Black Sea Coast and uh, pineapples and hospitality. Have you ever been to the Black Sea Coast? Uh, can, can I can I comment on, on the tea glass before I sure. answer? When yeah. I see that picture you sent me, uh, I uh, I thought, what a fancy glass. I, I liked it a lot. And um, I know that Turkish people, they drink their tea from glasses like that. Uh, although we are we're using the tea cups and more accustomed to. What, what do you like to drink your tea from? Oh... I suppose, well, I, if I'm having like British tea or Earl Grey tea, I like it to be in a ceramic or porcelain mug, uh, you know, tea, uh, something with a handle. And then I, I have to have sugar and I have to have cream. And I like I like Earl Grey. So if I'm drinking Earl Grey, it needs to be in a, like a porcelain uh, like mug. But if I'm feeling... You know, like I really want to focus on the tea and I, I want it to be very delicate and amazing and a very aesthetic experience. I will use tea glasses. So I have, um, you know, all kinds of tea glasses. It's customary in Turkish, in Turkey, when you get married, for somebody in the family to give you your tea glasses. So the uh, person that gets to give the bride the tea glasses, that's like a very honored sort of thing. And then, of course, you need uh, uh, silver teaspoons. So whoever gets to do that, and these teaspoons, you know, mm. I don't know, they probably cost like, you know, $100 a teaspoon. You, you know, you need to have eight. So someone gets to buy you, you know, $800 worth of like tiny teaspoons. So the, the concept of gifting and the value of gifts, um, I have always heard that it, a gift isn't really good unless it really hurts the person to give it. So like, you know, if you're going to give somebody a gift, give something of deep value, not just something that, you know, is casual and not, not so meaningful. Huh. Hey, okay. Thank you very much. Thanks for sharing. I, uh, now back to the subject of the Black Sea. Um, I've been there quite a few times. Um, when I was a child, I went to my, to the Black Sea, I guess, uh, with my parents, but uh, that's not what I'm going to say. I was um, it always I was always fascinated with the names like black, black, I, I don't know, uh, red, for instance. See, I guess the Turks named it that way, right? Do you know anything about why did they get named like that? Of course I do. Now, Turkish language. the Black no? Sea has black sand on it, and the Black Sea in Turkish is Kara Deniz. So D-E-N-I-Z means the sea, and that is actually uh, one of my daughter's names. So we wanted a name that would work in English. In English, it would be D-E-N-I-S-E, Denise. But in Turkish, it's Denise. 
So Cara Denise means the Black Sea. And then Urdu, Urdu, oh no, Oldu, Oldu Denise means the Dead Sea. So there's the Dead Sea, and then there's the Red, the Red Sea, and there's all all these seas, and quite often they're named in Turkish by the color of the sand. I I thought that the Red Sea was called that way because it had some kind of a red coral corals in there, or maybe oh, I'm yes. mistaken. Yes, yes, something. I mean, I don't think the Red Sea has red sand. I just know that it has to do with something that's in that sea. I've I don't I haven't been to the Red Sea, but but uh, you know anything's yeah. anything's possible. Any anything yeah. is possible. Yeah, and uh, also the Black Sea is not surrounded by by land. I mean, completely. Anyway, when I see all these seas, if you allow me this, to say like that, when I see all these seas, I think of a computer game. As you can start civilization here, let's call it, I don't know, Ottoman Empire, and the one is up north, uh, let's call it Roman Empire, and then some other empires, and that would be a civilization. Actually, when I was a kid, there was such a game. Well, I remember uh, when my daughters were growing up and we were in Turkey, we, they played this game and it was, uh, you know, it was like, it was like a computer, kind of a real primitive computer game where you build cities, you build cities. Is that it? Yeah, I guess. Oh, there, I'm sure there were many, but civilization was like the most popular. Would have been, mm -hmm. did yes, you ever well, you know, play computer mm -hmm. games? Uh, well, my computer games are like entering grades for students. No, I, I, oh, I mean, I, I like to play cards, but I like to play cards, like physical cards, not just on, I, I mean, I would sometimes play solitaire online, but if I was like really bored out of my mind, but, but I never, uh, did like, what is it? World of Warcraft or Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, well, that, was, that was absolute, I don't know. I liked it a lot. It's pity you. You know, well, I mean, you're it. a man. You're a man. Uh, no, I know, but there are feminine games as well. Well, I just know that I have an unnamed relation in my family who's an adult, and I just remember visiting. <laughs> I don't know, visiting my sister, and I, you know, she was married, and you know, her husband would go to work, and he would come home, and then you know. You have dinner, we watch a little television, and then I would just visit her, and then yeah, everybody goes to sleep. And then I remember getting up in the middle of the night to go get a glass of water or something, and all of a sudden, like I just heard all this noise, and, and her husband's like sitting on the floor like a kid playing uh is it what is it where like other players play and you're like killing everybody and you're just sitting on the floor killing people? Yeah. Is that done? Real-time player, I don't remember. I haven't played for a while. My 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 uh, my nephews, they play these uh, interesting games. Uh, uh, I I wouldn't even consider it interesting, but uh, the whole world played it. Minecraft, you ever heard of it? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's I know, I know. It's that. terrible graphic. I don't know what attractive that. Anyway, before the computers, uh, before all these video games, I think people always like to play so these board games. I'm not bad in chess, actually. I liked it a lot. Uh, Did you say chess? And, yeah, chess. Oh, chess. Chess game. Chess. Oh, uh, exactly. Board games, all kind of stuff. Also, well, you know, cards and 
Sorry, go ahead. Um, I remember I would play this game with my brothers and you sit, like my mother always had a card table set up in the den and sometimes she had a puzzle there or she had a whole bunch of National Geographic magazines on this bookshelf behind it. It was kind of like this game corner. And I remember that one of the games they had, she had, you open the box and it's called uh, Battleship. And you mm -hmm. would each get your, like I would get a card that was, you know, kind of a bingo card and you put it in the slot and then you play these games. Like I make a move, then you make a move, then I make a move, then you make a move. And our goal, we're like, we're like submarines, you know, trying to like kill each other. So I, I played, uh, kill your brother uh battleship games and i think the thing was called uh yeah battleship but it, it was it was a, something physical you actually take your finger and you push some little slot you know little slot open so it, it's with like physical pieces it wasn't you know like an online game and then my my uh father taught me to play chess and then i remember when uh I was going to have my first child, you know, like everybody thinks of like what they want for their children. Like, you know, they imagine, you know, what would be the most amazing thing. And I always wanted to have a daughter that, that would play chess and also that would play the piano. And, and that was daughter number two. And she learned to play chess from her father. And when she was in second grade, she was, on the chess team, which was uh, all boys. And I thought, I don't know, maybe this says something about me and why I'm in therapy, but I love the fact that she could beat all the boys. She was so smart. And uh, the, the fathers who were all, you know, bankers and lawyers, very, very wealthy people, uh, they sponsored the chess club. So they would come after school for an hour and, you know, the little kids could, she was in the second grade and then the, the, these father, mainly fathers would come and, and like run the chess club. And then they went to chess tournaments. And I just thought that was great. And then I was kind of upset when some of her little girlfriends tried to lure her away from this game of beating the boys at chess because she's so smart. Her little girlfriends decided they're going to become crossing guards. They're going to get a, a belt to wear across around their waist and across their, you know, chest area. And they were going to hold a sign so other people could walk across the street. And I kept thinking like that, that's like a waste of, of like mental power. But I thought, let, let me not, let me choose my battles and not like freak out because uh, my daughter wants to be a crossing guard. So I just said, well, you know, this semester you need to finish what you start. You're going to finish chess club. And then in January, if you and all your girlfriends want to like, I didn't say be dumb and stand there and hold a stick. I said, okay, if you and your girlfriends want to be crossing guards, you can switch to that as your extracurricular activity. Chess. Uh, you, you mentioned you mentioned piano. I was good at the time, and I at some time I played piano more than I played video games. And I wondered why didn't I play piano more than video games? Because that way I would have been, I, I don't know, a musician, right? I was, uh, and I maybe I would even work as a pianist at, uh, at some piano bar or what live music is. I, I don't know. So many strange things in life. Well, you know, I think we were talking the other day about uh, 
oh, this sort of a short story or a little bit of a long short story that we're sort of working on called Drop and Roll. And then we were also talking about some poem that I had written and you were saying, oh, that, that, that could be very lyrical. Maybe, maybe I'll write some music to that. So uh, there's your challenge. Your challenge is to go back and see what the heck you're supposed to be doing. I mean, do you remember that? Exactly. Exactly. Just um, one day ago, I thought, this is my life. And, I, you know, it, it's, uh, I'm not going to say it's over, but still. And I'm doing this. Um, by this, I mean, I have to go to the office and sit all day long and do stuff that I don't want to do. I would rather be somewhere, you know, uh, having fun on the beach. I'm like everybody else. Not different. Or maybe yeah. uh, I would have be play piano while drunk, right? Because when you're drunk. I mean that, uh, of course. No, uh, no. There, there's there's a wonderful, wonderful big hotel, a huge hotel. It's a, well, I mean, I mean, this is Texas, but I know that you know in Europe everything is even old, very old. But this is the new world. But I remember I, there's this hotel, and it was called the Melrose, and then it was taken over and modernized, uh, owned by the Warwick uh, Hotel chain. And I had a very wonderful friend from my church, Martha Brooks, who had her, I don't know, did she turn 80? Did she turn 90? I can't remember. I, I was invited to her her birthday party. so and, and I got this invitation saying it was at the Melrose. And I thought, oh, okay, well, you know, it'll be her family, maybe like 30 people. And, you know, she told me if I'd like to bring my daughter. She was very fascinated by the daughter that played piano. You know, as my plus one, you know, I would certainly be welcome to bring the piano playing daughter. So I get to this place and it's like all these limos pulling up and all this valet. It's this huge hotel with this fabulous entrance way. And there were like, I don't know, two, three, four, five hundred people in this grand ballroom. And it was like, geez. And I was seated at the table with all these nuns, these sisters of the Ursuline order so like one of the prestigious catholic schools in dallas is ursuline and another one uh is hockaday hockaday is non-denominational but i was seated at this table with these are like this was like north north texas catholic uh royals so there i am with denise and you know she's so charming she can just sit next to anybody and just talk to them about whatever they want to talk about so i'm there just like enjoying all of the shrimp cocktail like looking for butter to put on my bread like i'm <laughs> i'm not really not i'm not very excited about the nuns i'm more excited about the shrimp cocktail and like you know stuff like that <laughs> like how the butter had uh it was like shaped in like I had a print of a little, I don't know, like a pineapple or something. So I'm like staring at the butter. Meanwhile, the, these nuns are like making small talk with Denise and they're talking about piano. And then at another table, there's all these musicians that are like just fabulous. Like they happen to be musicians from Holy Trinity, but from, from the cathedral, some of those musicians were there and from Southern, some other of St. Monica and Christ the King, like those those churches have tons of money and fabulous organs. And so anyhow, I was at, I was at the table with these these nuns 
what, why am I talking? Oh, okay. So anyhow, the, the that was Martha Brooks' uh, birthday party. I think she turned 90. And then uh, Denise quietly leaned over to me and she said, well, you know, Mom, I think we should do something like this when you turn 90. I kept thinking, that is so amazing because Denise knows I love like very fancy over the top stuff. And there was like the flowers on the table were like, and they had pomegranates on the table and like peonies. And it was just, it was just like being in a movie, but, but back to the piano. So, so some time went by and I went back to, um, they have a little small club in that Melrose hotel and it's called the library club. And I remember uh, when Denise was in medical school, her sponsor took uh some of the medical students to the library club to, you know, wine and dine them. But but I went I went recently about, you know, when the pandemic end, ended, I went there and you walk in this, this fabulous foyer and there's a concierge guy to, see, to be sure you're no riffraff is coming in off the streets. And so I decided, I went with this girl named Michelle and she's just going up the stairs. I go, slow down, Michelle. You know, you only have one chance to make a first impression. We have to go to the top of the stairs. We have to pause and this guy's going to look at us and then we start moving. She goes, wow. So, so we go to the top of the stairs. We go in and this fellow scurries. He goes, and how may I help you? Do, you? do you know the Beauty and the Beast movie? Like, be my guest. Do you know that song? Uh-huh. Course. There's a so so anyhow uh, he's very much like that and I go well hello my good man I am here to show this lovely young lady the library club and, and then I lean into him I go and what is your name you know I lean into him look at his little name tag and it says David I go oh of course your name is David I said I know so many interesting Davids and then he just walked escorted us to the library club and they have a piano bar there and uh on friday and saturday nights they have different musicians who will play music it's 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 very like european and a little small dance floor and uh i don't know i went in there another time to deliver some art to somebody but i was late and so i got there and i'm wandering around i had some like amazing hat on and then some guys were sitting at a table and they asked me who I was. And I, anyhow, they were here from Barcelona. They were like, anyhow, it's in the middle of downtown Dallas where like, there's like lots of money and hotels and they want to know if I'd like to sit at their table. And I saw all the food on their table. It's like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> so there is a piano bar there. I mean, you could be playing there drunk. Absolutely. And uh, that would be also excited, as you said. You mentioned excited. And I thought um, how excited I was a few days ago when we had that Spotify uh, thing. And then you said that some of our listeners tried to subscribe or, I don't know, listen and ask for credit card details, which is absolutely outrageous. I don't know how it works over at where you read. But uh, uh, I would suggest to switch to Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts. We're also there. And... uh, I like Google personally. The one thing is that you can listen it in the background, which is very, every can very convenient compared to YouTube. I mean, you can just uh, turn off the screen or use another application and still listen. There are many interesting podcasts there, especially ours. 
And, well, uh, you know, what several yeah. people told, several people have told me uh, two years ago when we started Patroma Therapy, I think it was in July or June of 2021, right? And and uh, it was 2020. It was the first pandemic year, I guess. Oh gosh! Wow, we're getting old. Uh, time Yeah, <laughs> you're having fun. So, so I remember as people, some people were saying they want to watch it, but they're at work and they can't. They can't turn on YouTube because their bosses are like pacing around behind them and you know you're not supposed to be doing anything other than focusing on your work and it, uh, several people said why don't you you know turn to a, a podcast and I go well okay thank thanks for sharing your idea I'll, I'll get back with you but some of our some of our uh, original subscribers uh, actually made those suggestions and uh, yeah so here we are talking about anything. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about before we wrap it up with the bell? Um, there are lots of things I would like to go over with, but uh, please ring the bell. I like how it rings. Could you next time just ring them all if you have many in your house? Oh, I have so many bells. Okay. Oh, also, I love people that play the bells. There's a there's a woman that I met in, uh, you know, the, the G plus uh, communities. I think that's where we we met, ran into each other uh, uh, on an, in an art community back in G plus world. Now now I'm in MeWe world, and you're you're in podcast world. But um, this woman, she was really really interesting. She was a photographer. And her name, her online, I was Texas, Texas, and her online name was Wanda Lotus, which I thought was very beautiful. And she was a photographer, and she loved to photograph the Bronx. She was from the Bronx in New York. And then she loved to go to the parks and photograph, like, the big lions and the bronze statues. And she was not particularly religious, and she found, you know, many religions kind of, you know, patronizing towards women. Had a bit of a chip on her shoulder about that. But um, she was part of a bell choir and, and she loved to take the subway to this one old, old church. And uh, I think on Saturday mornings they would practice for two hours and and it's it's a bell it's a bell choir like they're not singing but but they're they're creating the hymn from bells and and then they would different parts of the practice session some of them went performed at the nine o'clock or you know, some of them performed on Sunday at the noon but I I kept thinking wow that's like pretty amazing to be in a in a very beautiful old cathedral and to have a, a bell bell choir. No, no singing, just bells. Would you like me to describe you the most interesting woman I have ever met? Just in a few words. I was like in the school, I was, uh, I, I think I was 16 or something. And she was 10 years my senior. Uh, uh, yeah, she was tall and, uh, and uh, thin. Maybe she was even beautiful. She was to me. Uh, and... Uh, uh, yeah, what am I talking about? This just ring the dumbbell. That's uh, that's over. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Was she a nun with a gun? No, no. She was like a member of communist party, maybe or maybe not. But uh, she like to be. She. I was. Uh, I had A's all over. Uh, I've never failed. 
uh, was considered like half genius or semi-genius. I don't know what the word would be. Uh, Prodigy. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I call it child prodigy. So you're 16 years old, and why was she observing you, or what was she doing? No, I liked her very much. She was 10 years old. She was kind of teacher. I okay, like so my she was a teacher at a school. She was my favorite teacher. I think she was alcoholic. Maybe not, but I... Anyway, um, I, you said okay. that you know interesting woman. I said, oh, well, why don't I say how, you know, what, uh, who the most interesting woman in my life was? But then I thought, what am I talking about? Maybe we should uh, just wrap it up and not to... Well, well, you know, now I'm going to tell you about uh, when I, I, I love shapes and I love uh, three-dimensional and I was never very good at algebra, but I was in geometry. I took a geometry class, and I think I know we were stationed someplace overseas. So all the teachers were came from different parts of the world, but it was an English-speaking school. So Americans and British and ambassadors and whatever were in these schools. And I remember I loved my, I loved my I loved my geometry teacher, like like you know. And they used to seat people by their height. So like little short people would sit at the front and medium-sized people would sit in the middle and taller people would sit at the back. And, you know, I'm, I was always tall. I was a tall baby. I was a tall child. I'd grown up to be a tall person. I just remember sort of sitting in the back and like, you know, I you raise your hand and then, you know, the, the teacher does some like tap dancing on the blackboard in front of you like some geometry and like he's drawing all this stuff which you can't see because my mother had not yet taken me to an eye exam you know to figure out that I need glasses but anyhow he's going to raise my hand so like after he does the lesson then you can raise your hand and he'll come to your desk and lean over you and help you with your work I think I was 15 and I just remember he had some kind of aftershave you know aftershave and like it was like two two inches from me. It's like I was just like about drooling. But anyhow, he had this shirt. It was like a always oh, like a like a white shirt, but it had little tiny red red stripes in it, like this red and pink striped shirt. And you know, I I really could care less about geometry, but and he would then he would like draw something on my paper and he would look at me and he said now does this make sense i go yes thank you and then he would go off to somebody else who had raised you know her his or her hand but i don't remember what his name was but i, I do remember his shirt yeah time seems to be very weird uh, it was many years ago but it feels like it was yesterday Yes, I'm closing my eyes. I'm 15 years old. He's coming near my desk. I'm like, like super excited. <laughs> and then afterwards, it was the class right before lunch. So, you know, he, they dismissed the class. I guess a bell rang all over the school. And then everybody stood up and we left, you know. And then we would go to the lunch room, the lunch tables. And then the girls were like, oh, my gosh, Mr. So-and-so, did you see, did you smell him? He like, smelled so amazing. So these, these were like you know, young girls that had crushes on their teachers. Well, I guess, I guess. Hey, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. Can I just, just a small comment again? I, I, uh, I was thinking of time and I thought, 
Uh, I'm sitting here doing nothing, talking about anything, and time seems to go so fast. It's very morning before I go to work. But mark my words, when I get to office, time will seem to drag all day. I don't know how it works, but it sucks. Yes, no, it, it, it's very much like that. It, you know, it's, uh, I, I remember when I first got a microwave, like I love to cook, I love to stir with wooden spoons. And I, I like, I like to cook, like real cooking. And then I remember everyone was getting microwaves in the, what, 1980s, 1990s? I don't know when the microwave was invented, but, you know, everyone was so excited about the microwave. I mean, like, I had rented an apartment or something that had a microwave in it, and I hated it because I would put something in there and you put like 15 seconds on the dial and you just stand there waiting for 15 seconds and you just feel like it's an eternity. The only thing you're trying to do is just like heat up a, you know, a cup of hot water to heat. And I just remember that 15 seconds seemed like forever. And I, I didn't like the microwave, so what I did is I got a <laughs> I got a piece of paper and I taped it over the front of it. The big like you know like don't enter like that sign that red with the cross on it. And my daughters came home from school. You go, what happened to the microwave? So we're not using it anymore. They go, why? I, I hear a really weird vibration. What is that? Is that microwaves? I have noticed that when people use microwave, cockroach disappears from, I don't know, completely. And now everybody is abandoned back to that's, that's the regular heat heaters or whatever it is. I, and uh, they're back. I don't know. Maybe maybe vibrations, maybe they're not safe. I don't know why um, everybody loved them. And then here we are. Well, you know, I've always felt that at the end of the world, even if there's like a nuclear disaster, there'll be two creatures left, lawyers and cockroaches. Uh, I, I've never felt that. <laughs> now, I mean, you know, cockroaches just like, they just, they just keep coming back. Like you get someone comes and sprays in your house or your apartment or they go around the building or they, you know, put huge tents over houses and try to fumigate and like, you know, for like two weeks, it's okay. Probably just smelling the toxic fumes is, is harmful. And then like, you know, there you go, they're, they're back again. I'm really wondering why there is a vibration sound. I wonder, I wonder what is on. Yeah, I can hear that too. So maybe let's wrap it up. Maybe it's because of it's really late at your place. 